Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my tasty little flumps. It's me. I hope you're all doing okay. The sun's still up there giving it all the welly. You're coming for us, Winter, but you ain't having us just yet. Milky and I ain't talking today. We've fallen out. He's befriended the local bleeding lunatic. I'm all for giving people a chance, but I've seen this fella rub his ghoulies on the bottle bank. I know chaplet ain't contagious. That's where it starts, Milky, without me around to remind you to put your Burt's Bees on. Out in the cold all day, skimming stones and eating space raiders. It ain't going to end pretty. Carry on like that, you'll be working on the trolleys at Asda. I ain't going to dwell. Anyway, don't forget the song Love is a Game. The beautiful, gorgeous song is coming up after this podcast chat. And you can have a beautiful listen. You can download it, stream it, do what you got to do with it. Don't forget, I've got a little couple of shows coming up at the Clapham Grand. Oh my God, there's a couple of tickets left for the 13th. Get them, buy them. We're going to have a bleeding, socially distanced whale of a time. Very safe, very gorgeous. You know me, I like to keep it cushy. Today's guest is the beautiful Siobhan McSweeney. You know her as Sister Michael from Derry Girls. She's one of County Court's most wonderful exports. So excited to see her. My gorgeous babes, welcome to the show, Siobhan McSweeney. Yay! Laughing myself. Yes, hello. How are you? You all right? I'm very well. You look very beautiful today. I love your necklace. Oh, stop it. It's from Sue Ryder. Sue, oh, Sue, I love a Sue Ryder. Yeah. 250. I got my winter coat from there, there on the Essex Road. Do, do you know what, though? Those ones in London, they put the prices up too much. Oh, I, yeah, they do. I said to They're a woman ridiculous. the other day, I said, excuse me, love, this is this right? It says £15 for this jacket. She said, yeah, £15. I said, it's Cedarwood State. I said, it's Primark, girl. I said, you can't charge £15 for that. It's probably £8 in the first place. The look she gave me out to leave. <laughs> Honestly, justice for Diane. Justice for Diane. That'll be Quite my new right. cause now. Didn't I? Weren't even interested. I just wanted to make the point about them hiking up the prices. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's got nothing to. It's 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 the it's the point. It's uh, it's the principle that counts, not the actual jacket. The joy of a charity shop is that you get your nice little bargains for a nice little price. Yeah. Some bugger's thrown it out, and it's good for the environment and all that. Yeah. I won't go on because I, I do love a thing. She's having a little sip of her drink. What yes, I am. There? What have you got in there? I have got some because I'm a card carrying cork woman. I have got some Barry's tea and munching away. So apologies to your listeners. I've also discovered you can get little packs of mini party rings. So I'm chomping away on those. I'll be turning into them if I have any more of them. It's not like even a, lunch. This is my second packet. Is it? Well, they're addictive, those things. Like I said yeah. to you earlier, that's why I can't take Milky and Sainsbury's when he knows those things like that exist, because he'll be buggering on at me. Diane, I want them. I want them sweets. I want them, Chris. I'm like, sit in the bloody trolley seat and be <laughs> quiet. I can see I said, the eyes behind you. Look, he's like, give me, give me those sugar-coated rings. I'm telling you, look, come to my house, Milky, there's plenty. Well, That's why I bought him a Nokia 4610, so he could sit there and play Snake. <laughs> but all he does is go on at me. He's, can I have this? Can I have that? I'm like, shut Jesus. up, Milky. 
ungrateful. We just do it. So, Don't you give him enough? Well, I give him enough treats, but he's never satisfied. That's the problem. When he loves a sugary treat, he loves a sugary treat. We all do. Don't get me wrong. But mine are a bit more sophisticated. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, like a, I like a fries, Turkish delight. Ooh. Do you oh, like you're that? a classy lady, Diane. Oh, I am. I like you know, a fries, yeah. Or a nice Bourneville. A bit too sharp for me. Yeah. A bit too yeah. sharp. Yeah. But I've Not got a lot sharp. of time for a woman who likes the old Bourneville because it means she's sophisticated. Oh, yes, I'm very sophisticated. Apart from the odd laps into the party rings mini packs, but you have to remember your roots. That's what I say. Talking of which, I need to get mine done. So what are your roots then? So County Cork's where you was brought up. Yes, County Cork, um, and came over to London. I, I, I sort of, I haven't travelled much. <laughs> that's sort of it. I took the boat over. I liked it, so I stayed. <laughs> well, that's fair game, so a lot of people do it. But was you, was you always into the acting? Was it yeah. in Ireland? You was a bit of a comedy girl. No. Is that fair to say? I, I haven't worked at all in Ireland, really, you know. Oh, right. Couldn't get arrested there. Ah. Um, for some reason, I don't know. I I don't really I don't really work there. I came over to train in London, and I've just sort of stayed here and in the UK and in Northern Ireland. Um, yeah, no, but I went straight straight uh, into theatre, darling. A lot of theatre. So yeah. tell me about County Cork first, up like growing up and what it was like. What's it like there? Give me a little bit of the atmosphere, you know, what your favourite dinner was at lunch. You know, I like to set a little scene for the listeners at home and get a little oh, vibe yeah. of, the, of the life. That's what I like yeah. to do. Well, so the house I grew up in is something that is called uh, bungalow blight. So there's in the 70s, you could, uh, you could pick out the architectural design of your house out of a book. And if you were a bit fancy, you'd modify it a little. But you see these generic uh, bungalows in the countryside in Ireland. Not so much here, um, but these these sort of uh, three bedroom long bungalows um, with with uh, a living room and blah. But I had a very 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 similar kind of house. Very lovely house. Not 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 being. Uh, snide about it in the least but it's very much of its time if you know what Mm. I mean so um very rural place I grew up in it has become less rural over the years uh we've now become a satellite village to Cork City um this is fascinating isn't it but nobody ever asks me what Cork is like but I don't know know what satellite city is so you'll have to tell me what that is like a commuter town Oh, I see. A right, commuter village. It's not even. It's not even a. It's not a town yet. It's a commuter village. Uh, myself and my brother. Um, What's he like, your brother? Oh, he's a dick. Hi, <laughs> Tiog. <laughs> <laughs> Is he? In, it's not in the showbiz game. God, no, no. What does no. he make of your life in showbiz? He doesn't believe me. So I was. I was uh, back in Cork. The God. Who knows when? I can't remember the last time I was back in Cork with this fucking COVID. But I was back in Cork there, and it was the fir- around the first time that I really noticed that people were beginning to recognise me. You know, yeah. And uh, sure, I was in in Ireland. We have um, our Primark is called Pennies, so I was in Pennies. You know, good name. Looking looking at cheap knickers or whatever. Yeah, says so what it does I on get- the tin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pennies. Uh, in fact, there's this joke that this. Um, a uh, Polish woman in Cork, when she was learning English, she thought the English for thank you was thanks, pennies. Because <laughs> everybody go, oh, I love your top, thanks, pennies. 
Um, they're lucky at whatever, lucky at socks, whatever. And I got a tweet from uh, somebody going, just saw you in pennies there, love the new hair, because I'd recently gone blonde as well or something. And I remember going home to the brother and going, God, it's awful to you. I can't even shop in pennies anymore. It's really difficult for me. My life is going to change. I don't... I need to remain grounded, stick to my roots. And he was looking at me as in like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I didn't know what was going on. And then finally his partner said to me, you know, he doesn't really believe you. Like he doesn't, he, he has hardly watched the show. Oh, right. <laughs> so he thinks it's me having the complete illusions of grandeur. But it is massive though, isn't it, in Ireland? I mean, they adore it in Ireland, so I'm surprised he hasn't cottoned on. Because yeah. absolute rock and roll no, is... He's not very bright. Well, there you go, but it sounds like he's a... I don't think, but I understand it. I don't think that he can believe that his sister is somebody off the telly. And I understand that because I don't really believe that I'm somebody off the telly either. Because somebody off the telly is a bit less mini party rings, you know. I know a lot of famous people in some high places who love a party ring. I, uh, that is the rumour. Maybe not, anybody would know. Maybe not the ones that you're eating, but they love a little party <laughs> ring, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm winking here. Of course she is. We all are. Everyone in the room's got a wink on. <laughs> but in the, in the, so in Ireland, and of course, I guess you probably didn't know when you took that role of Derry Girls, quite probably how huge it would end up being as a, as a, as a thing. Because of course, the people at Hat Trick who's doing this podcast, they made the show, didn't they? So we're very lucky to have you on. We're very lucky to be in this esteemed company of you, having been on that show. But it was a, it's yeah, a real megalith, isn't it? It's a, it's a huge show. It's absolutely bloody amazing. It's really taken off, hasn't it? Like, isn't that beautiful? Like, it's... Because the heart of the show is so pure and good and talented and authentic. And I think in this, you know, in this day and age, but it's 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 sort of gratifying to see that hard work and authenticity can actually get somewhere. Mm, it's gorgeous. It's nice, isn't it? Like, and it's not, it's not, a, it's not a sneaky show. It's not laughing at people. It's got such a warm heart to it. It's incredibly smart. Yeah. It doesn't shy away from any of the big issues that, I mean, that's in fact, if anything, that's what the whole show is about. What I also love is it's an all female cast. Yeah. Essentially, you've got one little fella in there and he's gorgeous, but all the girls from Derry Girls, I adore all of them. I, I've kind of met them all on and off. You know, I met you yeah. once or twice down at that. Sophia That's right. right. Party. There were party rings galore, that. Oh, she knows my. how to give a good party ring. God, there was a giant party ring. Everyone was taking a slice of it. <laughs> it was a wonderful party, yeah. I took half of that party ring home, let me tell you that. <laughs> That's enough of the party rings now. That's banned. A buzzer will go off if we mention party rings. <laughs> But yeah, the fact, because obviously it's set in the 90s, girl power, all of that malarkey. But it's so beautiful, isn't it, to see a role with full of amazing actors and so wonderful and it's so funny and rich and brilliant and comic and I, I just absolutely adore it. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm, hopefully we'll see it on, on the screen again soon. But I think yeah. you were, you know, as, a, as an actor who's, who's done very well for themselves, you, you don't shy away from, and I said this in the intro, but... You don't shy away much, do you, from letting your own personal political opinions out and about? Does it does it get you in trouble with people? Does your agent always say to you, can you shut the bloody hell up for one minute about a bleeding issue? Um, Kevin, yeah, he says that, but he says that about everything, and I don't think he means it. Kevin is a bit of a political animal himself. I think, yeah, I do get into trouble, but sure, 
whatever I'd get into trouble about. Can I curse, by the way? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Um, if, if, if somebody gets into trouble for expressing a political belief, then what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's terrifying, isn't it? I get, yeah, I, I probably have lost out and stuff. I do know of a couple of things that I have lost out and blah, blah, blah. But frankly, if, if that's going to scare people off, then genuinely fuck them. And it's probably something that I'm not suitable for anyway, because there's, um, I, and I think COVID, if I can mention the dratted term, but it really has um, brought, given me an insight into generally the misconceptions the public have about actors, uh, mm. about the industry in general, but actors in particular, and the fury that people have with actors expressing opinions um, really shows to me how we've been damaged by this factory idea of just pushing out essentially meat puppets, you know, mm. warm props, uh, these generic, they all look alike, they all sound alike, they all are very, very similar body shaped, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think what people forget is what you like watching or what you respond to. You're responding to another person's humanity when you see them being, when, when they're acting. It's, mm. your, it's your humanity responding to somebody else's humanity. And that comes in every shape and form and you have to bring yourself to it. Like in general, going back to Dairy Girls, the reason one of the, million of reasons why Derry Girls is, is so great and so successful is because it's so specific mm. and it's so authentic to itself. It's not trying to be anything else. So the more specific and true it is to itself, the more universal the appeal is. And I think mm. that's the same for actors, really. I'm not talking about like putting on a limp and a mustache and pretending and being a, a character transformation, but you're sort of, there's a lot of integrity in playing people very different people to yourself. Mm. God, well, that was a bit wanky now, but I sort No, of, it weren't. It weren't at all. And does you it know make what? sense? Like, it makes perfect sense. And because yeah, you, oh you're quite punk rock. Yeah, I hope so. I think you're very punk rock. You know, I get that. You'd have been... Oh! You'd have been down the flick and you'd have been one of the ones in the punk rock corner. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waiting for the three songs to come on and then going back Exactly. Off again. And you, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't have flubbed on the floor like they lot did, but you'd have had a bit... <laughs> you'd have a bit more decorum. And you wouldn't have been trying to smuggle your own drinks in. I know you've got a lot of respect like that. But the point is, I think that comes across in, definitely is in the role you play in Derry Girls. And I think you've got that punk rock attitude. And I think a lot of the cast of Derry Girls have. And it's interesting that you should all be cast in those roles when all of you seem so political and you're all punk rock. I love that about that cast. I adore Aww. it. And I think Derry Girls as a thing is very punk rock. Yeah. I've got that vibe. Do you know, it's very anarchistic. I yeah. don't know if that's a word. I, I, if it isn't, I, it is now. Yeah, no, I, I think it is. I think uh, it's mad that it is anarchic to place young women at the centre of stories, but mm. it is. Yeah. Uh, it's mad that uh, women being gobshites and being the clown and being the horny one and... Uh, you know, having stories centred around their own experience mm. where they're not like girlfriends going, oh, Dave's at it again. Mm. Oh, Dave, I wish you would grow up. You know, all that sort of boring shite where we're just, it, it is quite boundary pushing if you are showing girls and women as the complicated assholes that we are. Mm. And also I think it's quite punk rock the whole subject matter of Derry Girls, obviously about 
Ireland and I think in the UK we're all quite scared of talking about it. I agree. You know, and I think, I don't know why that is. I think, I don't know if it's because we feel guilty about the conversation. We're just not well educated about it. I don't know what it is, but we feel very scared about talking because you don't want to upset no one. But do you know what I mean? And I think even having that as the pro, as the very concept or the thread that runs through the show is a quite a punk rock daring thing to talk about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose I, you, you, you've said it really well there. I, th- I think that there are, um, yeah, the people people in Britain are really terrified of talking about Northern Ireland. And I think that that has led to so many problems right now. Mm. People in Ireland are not scared of talking about Ireland. We're not scared about talking about Britain either, frankly. Mm. Uh, but to break that taboo, I think I, I think you're absolutely right. British people don't want to, on the one hand, don't want to cause offence and are sort mm. of too timid to broach the subject. And also, you're fucking thick because you haven't been taught anything about it. Quite There's right, been yeah. nothing taught in your educational system about your colonial past. And as a result... You poor creatures are going around with this inherited sense of shame and you've no idea why. And I know myself, if I was going around feeling crap about something and I'd no idea why, I would turn that around, get really fucking angry and maybe decide to leave the EU. Mm. Exactly, yeah. No, totally, it makes sense. But we're not, it's it's not just like, and you can see it's kind of reverberating around the around the world. Now, I saw a beautiful play when I came out of prison. I don't know if you've seen it. It was called Cypress Avenue. It was on at the Royal Court. Did oh, you yeah. ever watch that? I did, oh, yeah, yeah. It taught me a lot, I think, about this new modern wave of young people who don't feel an attachment to kind of any of the old silly narratives that were perpetuated in the past. And I spoke about this with the gorgeous glamour on a few weeks, episodes back. And we were talking about how a lot of that kind of things that the older generation are fighting for, those young kids, they don't feel empathy with that. They don't feel any association with it. So they see all these arguments going on around them. They're like, what the bloody hell is everyone going on about? Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the, the whole, but that's it as well. I, I, the reality of Northern Ireland versus <laughs> the, if you are taught anything about, it. I mean, the, hopefully those days are gone, but there's, you know, this whole thing in Northern Ireland, you one of two communities and when in my experience you're there's a a third community there which is um a, a community that don't identify with either religion certainly and either the uh, the historical past of those traditions mm. um of those religious traditions and 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 political sides or whatever they they are a third community who identifies northern irish mm. and who you know are are now adults um You've adults now who have known peace their entire lives, mm. and and the idea of anything threatening that it it, it seems absolutely ridiculous. Like the, the, there's been peace for a, a long enough time that there are now adults in the world going. That seems so far away ago. It was before mm. I was born. Yeah, I think Northern Ireland. There's a reckoning. There's a reckoning for a lot of stuff. Uh, with race, with gender, with with um, with empire, a lot of a lot of reckonings. But you know what? It'll happen. It'll happen. Good. It'll and I feel like it needs, mess. It, it needs, needs to happen, happen, doesn't it? It needs to yeah. be confronted and and spoken about. And I feel like as well, a lot of the younger kids as well, when they're sitting there and they're watching some, I don't know, buggering Singapore on Tiki Top doing something <laughs> or whatever, they they don't see the kind of differences they just 
they see connection on a much different level and a much more international community way. And we're all, you know, I think as older generation, maybe we, we're just we're a bit the problem. Yeah, maybe in in a way because we're kind of repeating all those, you know, funny those, those mistakes. Yeah, it's, uh... those mistakes. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. Like, thank fuck for the younger generation. Yeah, thank fuck for them. Yeah, because really, they're they're causing they're, they're the hope, aren't they? They really are, you know. And I never thought that before. And I don't know where suddenly I became not the younger generation, but. Just their their level-headedness and clarity in seeing stuff that took me ages to figure out and took me ages to figure out in the midst of anger, really, mm. where they can sort of, you know, they're, they're, they're quite smart, these people. They just need to hurry up because I'm running out of patience with the world. Yeah. And I'm running out of life. I'm running out of <laughs> life left. <laughs> yeah, me I too. I ain't got long. I'm, no. <laughs> I'm sure I've got a bit of cataracts going oh, up. Oh, I... I'm convinced I'm getting arthritis in this hand, but you know. Ah. We're all getting arthritis in that hand, girl. These are lonely <laughs> days. These are lonely lockdown it's days. It's going to be a cold, cold winter. <laughs> it will. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Where were you in lockdown? Was you in, where are you in London, aren't you? Um, I'm not in London right now, but I, I have been in London during lockdown, yeah. yeah. And how did Living. you find it? Was it was horrendous? It tricky? Was it horrendous? No, it was horrendous. I had an awful time. Um, I have quite bad asthma, so I was put on the shielding list. So oh, God. I was terrified. Yeah. To, to not to find a point on it. I was absolutely terrified. I got fierce anxious. Um, and, uh, and, and I didn't stop really being anxious for a very long time because it was not just a combination of we don't know what this virus is and how you're going you know if you're going to get it you were also seeing how people die um and because in the last couple of years i have seen seen quite a few family members die have been up close when they have passed away god the idea of being lonely in a room by yourself with a stranger holding up an iPad, um, hope you know, with with Tiog, my brother screaming down <laughs> the line, "I believe you! I believe you're off the desk!" Whatever, like just the, the terror, the terror of that, and then the cherry on top, feeling that the entire government was laughing at us and willing to sacrifice us. 
and sacrifice yeah. me in particular. I felt mm. very personally affronted by it. You know, and also with all the res- like everything that's been let up now and people being let around and let off doing things, you feel that like they're putting you at risk because you can't, you know, because not everyone shielding's old because they always say everyone who's shielding's older and they should accept it. But it's not everyone's like that, is it, that's, that's having to do that? And like a couple of weeks ago, there was a rave in an Airbnb property outside, uh, behind the um, the house that my flat is in. And uh, yeah, that was Milky, and he's been grounded. <laughs> Do you know it wasn't fucking Milky because, like, just the arrogance. There were people making money out of this rave, and there. Yeah. The, the absolute the idea of collective responsibility is completely gone. Uh, I find it sort of ironic that like. Uh, that the that left is sort of amalgamated with liberalism, when in fact mm. pure liberalism is all about the individual and actually what the conservatives and and everybody showing is complete liberalism as an ideology. So it's fucking bullshit. There's no, there has been no idea of community of of even of any kind of unit beyond a family unit. Mm of having responsibility to somebody else, like beyond mm. the, like, ringing your elderly neighbour, like, fuck that shit. Talk about not having a rave out the back. Don't yeah. have a rave out the back, like. Don't yeah, kill all, people. Yeah, it's, all, it's, it's very awful. And I think also when you get very mixed signals, and I think the world has given mixed signals on what, you know, what is the right thing to do, the right way to move forward. But the point is that, you know, we're individuals and we, we have an individual responsibility to our community. And if anything, I think this... As a virus, like you saying there, the thought of sitting in there on an iPad on your own in a, it's it's what we was pretty much doing, or we've gotten in the habit of doing as a community before. You know, closing the doors, not looking around, and I feel well. I hope anyway that this will make people think more collectively when we come out of it in the future. I think so, and I think it brings out the worst in those kind of people when that selfish. We want to have a good time, but I also feel. In some ways, and I don't want to undermine what you're saying, but I feel for these kids who've yeah. had their, their youth taken away from them in a way. And Truly. they've had a hard time and the government's let them down too because, you know, these communities, these young kids, this is when they develop and they progress. And the ones that was putting on that party was probably old, probably a bit annoying. But you know what I mean? It's like a, it's a tricky Oh, thing. I don't blame them. Well, I do. I fucking blame them. But I, I understand it. Yeah. I I do and I agree completely with you. I also think, however, that because of the misinformation, what they're doing now, there's enough evidence to show that that young people are getting it. Like they're the people who are being diagnosed more than any other demographic at the moment. Mm. And do you know I fucking came on this podcast vowing not to talk about COVID. Sorry yeah, but it don't about matter. That. You must it be so matter, bored about it. No, well, we haven't spoken Sorry. about it at all. We haven't spoken oh. about it in the series at all. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, apart from yeah. saying to someone, "Oh, what have you done in lockdown?" They said, "Oh, yeah. burnt me ciabatta or whatever." You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've burnt me ciabatta. My kids again. are going mad. They've pooed oh, on the painful. stairs again. That kind of thing, you know. <laughs> that kind of vibe. <laughs> Um, but this is different though because this is current and I think it does affect everyone I think there's yeah. a lot of people who've got older parents and they're worried yeah. that they're going about their business they're being forced to work they've got to make money yeah, they've got to survive it. you know and there's too much misinformation everyone's bloody confused they don't know what's going on the virus stops at 10 o'clock apparently and then you know it's all that confusion I think everyone's just feeling like they've had enough of it and they want someone just to tell them what to bloody well do 
and enforce it. But no one is because I'm, they're worried about the economy and all that. But, you know, it's about... And liberalism, that buffoon saying uh, at his recent address to the nation that uh, he was spiritually against uh, telling people what to do. In I mean, I'm like, you're a fucking liberal then. Mm. That's the definition of liberalism. Yeah. And you can't you can't have it both ways. You know, there's a whole ideological war going on and they don't even have their correct terminology. It's yeah, all of course. so insulting. Everything yeah. about this is so insulting in its stupidity. And and you, well, actually when you're doing when you're saying that to people, what you're essentially saying is you're giving them the freedom to go out and have a bloody party in, in an Airbnb. That's the problem. And that yeah. puts people at risk. It ain't Ain't on. It ain't on. But then you've got to say that people do, you know, from these things, people do become more united and and they fight for a, a better future, just like you did with the, you know, the Amendment Twelve. I think your publicity and gorgeous Nicola, the work you did there, I think that was gorgeous and that made a difference. I think your public voices and the way you committed to that made a huge change in Ireland, and made a change in Westminster. Do you know what I mean? Those voices mm. and and the commitment and the and everything that was put behind that, you know. Yeah, it's very easy to get. I, I, I get quite disillusioned sometimes. Sorry, I'm just going to cough. <coughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. Like, the microphone's still beside me. But, um, it's the asthma. Uh, it's the asthma. To it's be fair, COVID. fair game. Well, hopefully it ain't the COVID. <laughs> I don't want this to be the last interview. Imagine. Although, I, I went I went. Having said I that, I'll get some go. listeners. I'll get some bleeding listeners. <laughs> The lengths I will go to to help yeah. you out. <laughs> Knock her off, Milky. He'll be sneaking. He'll be sneaking up behind you. That's it. Bit to the left, Milky. Bit. To, that's it. Bush. Go. Right, Chris. We got an exclusive. Milky. <laughs> Milky. Kadunk. <laughs> that's exactly how I want to go. Yeah. Promise me. Promise me. You'll organise that. Uh, what was I saying? This whole website of people, things they want to do to Milky, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's one Reddit. That's one Reddit you don't want to spend the afternoon in. I couldn't, I couldn't close my eyes for a week. My imagination almost put on a steel hat. <laughs> Radiation coming off me, there was. Oh, my God. I had, to eat, I had to eat a bar of imperial leather. Still got it between my teeth. And to be honest, I'm glad for it. You're just blowing bubbles, huh? Oh, story of my life. <laughs> now, <laughs> you, I saw that you didn't, didn't, you were talking about a bit of the anxiety, what you have earlier. And you, apparently your, a lot of your anxiety came on. Didn't you have some kind of house fire or something? <laughs> yeah. Caused that. What was that? Uh, yeah, my flat burnt down. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ. Somebody has it in for me. Um, no, you know those uh, double adopters? They're cubed um, plugs that you can put several plugs into. Oh, yeah. They look like a cube and they've got a few things. Oh, not yeah. Like the, not like the bar extension lead. But yeah, we get, like Siobhan, we get it. Siobhan, we get it. We get it, Shall <laughs> I say it again? It's a cube. Oh, yeah. it's a cu- is uh, it a cube? Is it made of plastic and you put plugs in it? Yeah. We, it's we a cube, it. yeah. Um, that one on fire. Basically, one, they're, yeah. they're, they're badly designed and anybody who's listening to this, get rid of them immediately. The London Fire Brigade and various other charities that I worked with, we put out a thing about getting rid of them because they they have a a design flaw in them so that yeah if they oh, fall right. well, that's out that's actually which, good that's good that's good advice if that's they fall advice. out by by only a little bit it sparks and you know 
my flat ended up in flames. But thankfully, I was at really shit theatre, so I wasn't in there. Otherwise, I'd be dead. So oh crap theatre saves lives, guys. Oh, um, you don't need to tell us that. Yeah. Where would we be otherwise? Saved my life. We'd be, yeah, we'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be dead too. Please, please crowdfund us so we can make more crap theatre. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was, so when lockdown happened, I was actually technically homeless. I was living on a Oh, so it couch. happened recent, did it? Yeah, it happened. It was coming to the year's anniversary. It happened, oh, well, no, November. November. Well, that yeah. is quite close. Bloody hell. So also coming off after a big shocking thing like that and then going into lockdown, no wonder you yeah. have bleeding anxiety. Oh, my God. Like, absolutely. And a month before the fire, my aunt died very suddenly and very horrifically. Oh, and uh, nine months before that, my dad died. So I was just this, like, perfect hotbed, uh, perfect storm of anxiety making. And then a global pandemic happened. So, of course, I went a little bit, ah, terrified. Um, but you're feeling all right. Totally Are you feeling all right now? A bit I am, better. yeah. Yeah, I am. It's something, it's like one of those things, it's like, oh, I've got anxiety, but you don't really know how it can really affect your life. It's a terrible thing. And anyone out there who suffers from it, I want you to know that it's a, it's awful, you know, and it's a big thing that you have to take on in your life and it's absolutely terrible. And we feel fear, and I like to hear from people how they manage their anxiety, how they deal with those kind of things. It's, it's nice for people to hear, I think. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, for me, it came as a, a shock when I was told that... Um, that's what I was suffering from because in a way I was having a very logical reaction to my circumstances, Mm. but it's, it's for me, it's when I can't shift the feeling of, uh, of doom, Mm. like that. It's just relentless that, and also this feeling that I've done something wrong. My heart is sort of gets a little bit weird. Um, sometimes like I can shake a bit and you know because I'm such a good liar people wouldn't know and I'm used to a certain level of we all are we're all used to a certain level of worry we're all used to a certain Mm. level of nervousness Mm. it's when it's when it's sort of you can't control it yeah it's like a ghost isn't it it's like a presence yeah it is exactly that's exactly it like um and like an Instagram filter do you know like yeah everything sort of looks the same and and i mean i'm lucky in that i i have a a fantastic support network and i'm perfectly fine and there's no fear of me and i'm incredibly well looked at you know everything's fine but it really shook me so i found it very interesting so on the one hand there was 95% of my brain screaming at me going, you're in danger, you're in danger, this is mm. dreadful. You're So I had like, you know, that taste, that weird taste of adrenaline in your mouth, mm. your whole system being all weird. And the other bit of me going, this is very interesting. You have no mm. control over this at all. And it's, uh, um, it's a question of control, isn't it? I find it dreadfully frightening when my body won't behave. Yeah. I mean, it never behaves. But like, as in when you're, you're going like calm down and nothing nothing will do it <laughs> like yeah. th- that there's something beyond your control which is your own brain when you feel so connected to your own brain in a way so that was a real interesting like actually intellectually interesting idea of not being in control 
So, so what so helped what, me? Did you, did you find anything help? But I mean, because weirdly, when you say about it, it's a bit like meditation when they say you've got to step away from the problem and look at it. And it sounded like you had a manage on it from that sense. You know, you could look at the problem and see what it was. Once, once I knew that it was anxiety and not that I had done something dreadful or that something dreadful was going to happen. Mm. Like I kept, you know, that feeling of, of leaving the oven on or whatever. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. Just that feeling continues to end racking my brain going, what have I forgotten to do? Like, what am I doing wrong? Once, some, once I was told, it, you're fine, this is just a, a reaction, mm. I went, okay, that allowed me to step away from it. Yeah. You mentioned meditation there. It's such a fucking Karen thing to say, isn't it? But yeah, meditation has really helped me. I can't imagine a, I can't imagine a Karen would support meditation, which I thought should be more into pillows from Matalan. Yeah, but you know the sort of like fake meditation, like oh, sort I see, of yeah. app app shit. You know, oh, right, like okay, yeah, yeah, with my green smoothie bollocks. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. But like actually t- taking time, like ex- ugh, all the boring things that are true. Exercise yeah, but it ain't boring, is it? Cause it? Yeah, because it is. It is. It works, doesn't it? It's it like, works. Yeah, exercise. Having a good and... doctor. I go to therapy. Um, I've been going to therapy for years. I think everybody should. Um, yeah. In fairness, now we're just looking at each other, going, "I, I don't know, everyone out." I'm making up stuff now to tell her. Um, so, thank God, there's a second wave. You know? Good way to spend money. Yeah, thank God. Give me something to talk to my bleeding therapist about. <laughs> Can you get me a couple of those plug sockets when I'm out? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I need one for every plug in the house. <laughs> Milky, can you give me a bop around the head, please? Yeah. Bring on bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those sort of things, um, laying off the booze. But you see, that was grand. You know, like everybody went bananas on the booze at the start of lockdown, didn't they? Yeah, they of did. Of course they did, yeah. if they could. Yeah, and and fair play to them, but that I sort of knocked that on the head for a little while and back. Yeah, because booze does make you anxious, you know. It does you know? And that comes from a woman who makes her money from selling booze in, you know, <laughs> yeah. up in, in the in the club. But it does make a difference if you don't cut out the boozies. Yeah, That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm getting older as well. I suppose I have to watch and all that. Oh, no, you still no, you're still bleeding gorgeous, and we love it. Oh. We love you. Well, what oh. we what can we expect coming up from you? Because we're such big fans. Obviously, we want to see more of you on the screen. And anything oh. exciting coming up we can hear about? I want to see more of me on the screen as well. No, sure. Um, as you know, Dairy Girls has been postponed because of COVID. Yes, yeah, and there's a film I did last year that has come out called oh. Nowhere Special. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I did no nothing nothing. Nothing I can talk about, sweetie. Well, it's it's all COVID, isn't it? And no, everyone's the same. They ain't got nothing, nothing to no to, to write. I'm pretending about. to write a book at the moment. Oh, good. That's exciting. Yeah. What yeah, what yeah. what about? Um, well, if you're pretending, though. Yeah, I'm I'm pretending to write a book about uh, uh, w- women's bodies and the Irish Constitution. You can understand why I'm pretending to write that, right? Well, Nobody yeah, that sounds, like a, write that. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a, boring. a tricky subject. Yeah. No, it don't sound boring. It sounds tricky. I guess mm. I don't know. Do you want to write it? Yeah, I'll give me it. I'll do a little ghostwriting <laughs> on it. I know nothing about Ireland. Hasn't stopped me. <laughs> I know a fair bit about women's bodies, but I'll have a turn. <laughs> I haven't got Excellent. a good CV no, th- on that front, but <laughs> well, yeah, I hear you're 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 behind Katie Price's um, autobiographies. 
you're the famous ghostwriter, aren't you? She hasn't been doing much lately, though. With her ankles. So much for, well, so much for Strictly Come Dancing. We signed a nice little contract on that, poor old Katie. She won't be in that this year. <laughs> Robot Wars, maybe, but... <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, Siobhan, my gorgeous babe. Siobhan, you're absolutely gorgeous. We adore you. Come down to the flick. Come and see us at our shows. Love to come. All right then, beautiful babe. Adore you. Love Lots you. of love. Thank you for coming on the show. Can't wait to see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye, Bye. Now, today's song, what's coming out, is Love is a Game. And I'll tell you something, love is a game. It comes, it goes, no matter what age you are, you're always having a little bit of a flirt and a little bit of a love off. Okay, and I thought, what a beautiful little story I could tell you today about something that happened this week. And I thought, do you know what I'm going to tell them? It's about my little gorgeous neighbour, Janet, next door, and she's having a bit of a turn at the minute, but I'll tell you. I get a knock on the door this morning, it's Janet, next door, asking if she can borrow Ron's D-lock. Well, I don't think nothing of it, because she just met this fella called Gary. He's 64 years old. He's a silver fox who works in the camping shop on the A127. He wears one of them all-in-one lycra outfits. Do you know what I mean? For cycling. He looks like someone's kicked a raw chicken through a rubber glove. But good on him, because he looks good for his age, and why not? The night before, Ron had accidentally tuned into an episode of that dating show where everyone's naked. Can't remember what it's called. Naked something. Now, I don't know why on earth you'd want to go on national TV when you really looks like a little piece of liver sausage. But oh, this lot, they're all game for it. Never seen anything like it in my life. But that puts some kind of idea in Ron's head. Because I walked into the toilet and Ron's gone and trimmed his bleeding pubic hair. I said, Ron, what the bloody hell are you doing? You've given it a bleeding fringe. It looks like Derek Jacobi and Brother Cabval. I said, you're a nightclub lounger in Canvey Island, not a bleeding bush in Hampton Court Palace. Then... Oh my God, I hear the most outrageous screaming from Janet's flat next door. Rush over there, Ron kicks in the front door, only to find Janet fastened to her headboard of her bed with Ron's D-lock. Gary is laying on top of her, unconscious. He's gone and had a mini heart attack mid-session. When the pirate DVD of Fifty Shades of Grey bought off a man in Pitsy Market, suddenly switched to Stephen King's It. Janet's got a 56-inch Samsung. You'd have a bleeding heart attack if one minute you're getting off on a woman being spanked on the bum with a bleeding chair leg, then suddenly it turns into a six-foot clown with nail clipping for teeth. You'd be glad to know he's doing fine. But it occurred to me that the world's gone bleeding sex mad. It's all about our bulgenunis. Now, don't forget that the one thing that ain't never going to change, that's love. And sure, it's a bleeding game. You've got to keep them on your toes. You've got to jump out of your cupboard wearing nothing but a Henry Hoover. But you've got to be kind. You've got to treat them with a little bit of a treat now and then. Do you know what I mean? Take them down the Toby Carvery. Leave them a little after eight in their lunchbox. Do what you got to do. But love, it's a game. And if you play it right, my beautiful babes, I tell you what, everyone's a bleeding winner. No, the game's not changed since the snake stole the apple from the hands of Eve. No, the game's not changed since Jean Kelly felt the rain and sang in Eve. With Eve and Jean, what was sown was the seed that kicked it off. To lose their minds forever in the arms of the ones they game we play behind back doors through alleyways 
to make sense of our hearts And love, it's only me and you Doing the things we do To make sense of our hearts You can roll your dice and forever pay the price If you aim too high Chances come, can be lost, overrun, or left alone. From when our eyes first meet, to the chance not to be left at the finishing line. To regain ground, pursue this profound, funny thing called love. It's just a game. Behind back doors through alleyways To make sense of our hearts Love, it's only me and you Doing the things we do To make sense of our hearts My heart My poor little heart It should be alone Probably will be alone Chat Me Truly is a hat-trick production produced by the gorgeous Chris Jones written by me, Diane Truly with the beautiful music written by myself and the gorgeous Milky We hope you have a beautiful day We adore you All our love Goodbye Behind back doors through alleyways To make sense of our love It's only me and you Doing the things we do To make sense of our heart My heart Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 